What's up everybody and welcome back, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. It's two for Tuesday. It's actually Monday, but we're going for two for Tuesday. You've got one, but two Bridgmans again. You've been blessed with my mum and now you're being blessed with my dad. Um, I've managed to talk him into doing this. So, dad, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, buddy. Sat by the pool. Uh, yeah, yeah, doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're sat by the pool. If, if you've got a lot of birds in the background, which you definitely have, uh, we apologise, but we can't get rid of them. And this is the time we're going to do it. So we're going to jump into it. We've got a load of questions from you guys that I've gathered over the Instagram questions. Some of you bastards are brutal. I'm going to be honest. Some of you are brutal, so we're going to go through them. Um, me and my dad, we've got a great relationship, so we've got no qualms in going through these. Um, so we're going to jump into it. We'll start off with a little bit of a background. Um, a lot of the questions came through and said, why Dubai? What do you do? So give us a little bit of a background. Yeah, sure. Uh, why Dubai? Um, when I was in the UK, I used to be a consultant, a business consultant. And one of my tasks was to come over and work for Mercedes-Benz for three months. And I did so and never left. Um, I got offered a position with the guys at um, the company I worked at. And I head up the training department there. Easy peasy. And, and um, in in terms of in terms of the lifestyle here, a lot of people had like, what's the main differences that you see between Dubai and, and say the England? I think everything is so amenable, accessible rather. Everything's accessible. You can do anything on the doorstep. It can be from really cheap to really expensive, and you've got sort of five star next to one star. Yeah. Um, like all expats, I probably started off living the five-star life and then realized that you've got to save some money for your inheritance. Yeah. And by anything, we mean anything. There are apps, we were talking about this today, there are apps for uh, the petrol, and you literally click four buttons, you leave your petrol cap open, and by the time you wake up in the morning, your petrol's been filled, your car's been washed. It's, it's, everything here is just like a click of a button, quite literally. Yeah, I'd like to add, though, that I pay for the petrol, <laughs> and he drives the car, yeah, the so uh, nothing's changed there. Now he's 26 years old. <laughs> Um, so a bit of background, uh, a lot of you guys kind of reached, well I guess we put up, we put up a video, my dad obviously sent me a video in the morning, um, two days ago now, uh, we've been kind of, we've been kind of going through a bit of a struggle the last couple of years, um, we had a, a bit of an accident two years ago which kind of left him paralysed from the chest down, um, so I guess the people want to know, what the fuck happened? Yeah, very bizarre. Um, none of you will know that I used to do long distance cycling, so I'd do in between 150 and 200 kilometers per week. So I was keeping quite fit, quite active, and I got a little bit of numbness on my left leg. Uh, that numbness. I remember grew. that was in, uh, in, in Bulgaria. Bulgaria. We were skiing. Yeah, that's right. And that numbness grew, and I actually thought it was because I got the boots too tight on the skiing uh, trip that, where I whooped his ass down the slope. <laughs> Why laughing? <laughs> Okay, he did show his mum and up where he was doing 106 kilometres down a slope. And she promised he'd say, go slow. Um, so yeah, so uh, I came back and the numbness got worse. I went to the hospital and they said that it was just uh, a, a vein that was just caught. But it, uh, two months later, two weeks later, I was completely paralysed on the one leg. I went up to the other leg and up to the chest. And luckily they caught it in time and operated. As but you know, it was a spinal fistula, right? Yeah, a spinal fistula basically where a vein latches onto an artery and the artery pumps blood into the smaller vein which which expands and that expanded into the center of my spine which crushed all the nerves yeah so it was, it was pretty savage i remember because i had to fly over so this all happened but the, all the severity of it happened about 10 days out of the british finals in 2017 so i had to kind of emergency fly over 
10 days out, emaciated, thirsty, hungry, into the sweltering heat. Grumpy. Grumpy. And, and then coming to see my dad in that position, you know, it was just, it was, it was a pretty horrific time for me <laughs> anyway. Um, and, and it was crazy. I mean, I remember, I remember speaking to the nurse and they said, you know, every day that you're not moving and you're, and you're, you're essentially paralyzed from, from the chest down, you're losing up to 3%, I think she said, muscle mass per day, per day. So you can imagine you were probably in bed for what, three, three weeks, uh, three, four weeks, yeah, four weeks. Yeah. And then I think you probably just had enough. Just thought, fuck it. I did. Need yeah. to get out. I had enough of Josh coming by and videoing my legs and laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my legs went to sticks. They were awful. And you can imagine going from having big thighs yeah. and calves from cycling to yeah, yeah. nothing. Uh, it's nothing. not good. But that probably saved me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, exactly. You can imagine if you were someone who didn't look after yourself before, yeah. someone who wasn't walking, who wasn't training, who wasn't taking care of themselves, you would have just... There's nothing to waste. You already wasted. So probably saved you for sure. Um, I think I think I think I think I think we should talk about like the process of getting recovered. Well, not recovered, but the process of getting to the point where you can now get around. And and we should probably highlight that that's still with sticks. It's still with a lot of fucking pain. Yeah. It's still with day to day agony. Yeah. But I think the big question on the people is is how do you get through something like that? Because me seeing it from the outside, it puts my shit into perspective because. I I notoriously complained and complained about everything, you know, like that knows when I grew up like oh it's too hot, oh I've got sand in my feet, oh I don't like sun cream. Think about these things because we're out here now in the sun. Don't like you know, and it just completely hit home when I think, what am I and what am I complaining about? This this guy's gone from doing 150, 200 clicks a week on a bike to literally not having to use a frame to hold himself up to drag his feet, not to walk, but to drag his feet around to then do that. So how do you think you remain positive? Is there a, is there a secret to it? Is there something to it? Um, I think some of it's genetic, but I think some of it is the people around you. have got good family and friends. Um, you know, you and I were on the phone or um, Skyping. Yeah. So if I got a problem with pain or um, apart from the fact that he kept telling me just to take weed, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good in Dubai because you go down to it for life. Um, I've talked to him about how I would uh, grow certain muscles because I was desperate to get muscle built back on, uh, yeah. back on. Yeah, and I think because because the process of nerve damage is so long to recover, it's it's so mentally demanding. I think more than the physical side. Yeah, it's just draining to feel that pain all the time. I think I'm learning as we go along that you're right. Um, listening to you and getting advice from you for the muscles is is great, and that's worked perfectly. But a lot of it is a mental game where I do think, and I never believed in it before, meditation, and I think the sort of neurosciences, I think all of that sort of stuff comes into play now. Yeah. And I've been sort of Googling and reading up and misdiagnosing everything and thinking yeah. I'm going to die. And Yeah, yeah. don't we all? <laughs> never Google a problem. <laughs> you got a cough, you've probably got lung yeah, cancer, yeah, exactly, that's what they yeah, say. Exactly. So I've died three times, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it is tough. I think another um, thing was that, and I was joking apart earlier when talking about lifestyle, it's quite expensive here, but we do get a lot of tax-free money, and there is no health service here, and also when you're off work, you don't get paid, so there's a determination to go to work there, and as you know, I went to work in a wheelchair, yeah. then off the wheelchair into a frame, yeah. and by then, it puts you into a, a mindset that, you know, I'm going to weak this. Um, it's fight or flight, you just, you've, it's either fight or you fucking keel over and you die. Yeah. That's the that's the more the morbidity of it, if that's a word. It's that's probably not a word, right? <laughs> it's definitely not a word. <laughs> but morbidity. I, I think I think out of a hundred people, 
how many people would come out the way that you have? Uh, not many. I don't not think. not a lot because you you feel helpless. You know, you're dragging, you know, you're dragging everything around down, and that's just the, that's the ray of it. And it, and it probably comes to a point where you you're the one who's got to pick yourself up because it doesn't matter what people say to you, doesn't matter what someone says in terms of oh you got to exercise this. And if you're not doing it, and this is this is why I always say you know I talk about the one the one more rep lifestyle. If you're not putting in that rep. Yeah. you're never going to get there you're never going to go anywhere you're not going to move forward you're just going to be stagnant and in the case of someone who's paralysed you're going to deteriorate very very fucking quickly yeah. I think when you said that one more rep I, I sort of did it one more lake that's why I thought of you when I sent you that video I thought I was so pumped um, I thought I'm going to give him a big up uh, and that's why I sent that video to you because as I got around that my target which was the one big lake I thought nah yeah. I'm going to do one more for those of you who don't know about the, the video he sent me it'll be up on my YouTube channel by the time this podcast is probably live so just go check it out uh, it was one of the most heartfelt videos you probably receive as a son from your dad um, but I, I urge you to go watch it uh, I think a big question comes from that is does something as catastrophic and as big as that change your perspective on life and, and, and how and if so yeah, it makes you slow down. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course it does. I think you have to be more considerate of what I do and what I say because I now know what it's like to have to plan and plot uh, routes and, and getting in anywhere. Um, and, I, and I think it's slowed my life down. It's actually helped me at work because I spend more time at work. Um, only because I can't get away because I can't walk. Um, <laughs> but no, I spend more time, I spend more time at work actually thinking and plotting yeah. and, and planning stuff and yeah. being more strategic. For sure, for sure. That's a good lesson for all of you. Let rush into things because I am one to rush and not to slow down. Want to rush? <laughs> and I hope we, I'm, I'm going to ask him some questions. By the way, at the end, he doesn't know it. <laughs> Uh, cool. So, so we got the background out of it. We got the that kind of stuff out of it. A lot of you guys had questions about me, of course, because this is all about me, my podcast. Uh, so, what was your biggest challenge parenting me as a child, even though I was an absolute godsend and a beautiful child? I'm Teaching sure. Teaching you to kick with your right foot. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, he can't kick. He's, he's a left-footed, proper left-footed. He was left-footed, skinny, gangly. Um, the finest. He's a good athlete. He takes after his mum. Worst thing, parenting him, it was difficult and I really, really, I'm just racking my brains and this is going to sound really shit now, <laughs> I can't think of anything that he did badly, I can, yes, actually, the worst thing, parenting him, was when you tell him to do something um, and he says no, for example, Nintendo on aeroplane, don't put it in the pocket because you'll leave it, mummy buys him another one, we go on a catamaran, don't take it. Nintendo on the catamaran because you'll drop it in the water. No, I won't. What did he do? Drop <laughs> it in the water. So that, he was he was okay. He's not quite a godsend, but he was a good lad. <laughs> that's the hard that's the hard way to learn. Um, yeah, it cost me a fortune. And <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn from it? I learned that Dad always says yes. Exactly. <laughs> Dad says yes, and Mom says no. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess like the way the because my, my generation generation Y by the way I've just learned this I'm generation Y thank you <laughs> that's been t t telling me about this all the time um, we grew up or I grew up without social media without this platform to be uh, even an avenue for people to go down 
So what are your thoughts on me having an unconventional job? I guess I guess the question is, what were your thoughts on me having an unconventional job? Bodybuilding, social media, I guess when I started and was just an absolute nobody. Not that I'm anyone now, but you know, before you know, before I was climbing the ladder. And then what are your perspectives now? So my thoughts on you having an unconventional job. I think I'll take it back to the beginning, shall I? Um, first of all, I think um, I listened to one of your podcasts and I think your mum mentioned it. Um, I thought you were going to be a professional footballer, and that was my dream. And then you said, That's exactly no, what she said. Don't want to do that. Then you played rugby, and you got selected for the uh, big teams. Nah, didn't want to do that. <coughs> Went to university and took a degree in criminology. Criminology and social policy. And has he used it since? No. Nope. So now I'm thinking, okay, this is a bit fucked. Where's he going with his life? But you know, I always knew that whatever he put his mind to, he would absolutely smash it because. Um, when he sticks his mind to something, he's very, very good. Um, bodybuilding, mm. not my cup of tea, I'll, I'll be honest with you. But he's made a business out of it, and we're in his office now, which is next to a pool in Dubai. His overheads are a laptop and a phone. Who got it right and who got it wrong? Yeah, yeah. It's easy to say things like, obviously, after they've happened, but it, it, I, I assume it, it, when you've got uh, a parental role, a fatherly role in something like a child, which we'll get on to about my thoughts on that and having one. Um, it, it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that um, that this kind of avenue is available to most people. And, and when you start out, and this is why I wanted to say it and why I wanted to ask this question is when you start out, you're going to get doubts and you're going to get people, your friends, your your family, your dad. You know, they're going to be like, "What is this? Is this is this doable? Is this uh, an avenue you can do?" But when you really fucking want it. And when it clicks and that thing in you, that irk, I call it an irk. You know, why do you want to be an RPB pro? It's just a fucking irk I have. But when you've got that irk for something, no matter what you do, you put that foot, you that one foot in front of the other, you're going to get there. You know, I don't care what, what the obstacle is. If you want it and that irk is there, you're, you're going to get it. I um, think, um, sorry, can I go on? No, I'll, I'll I'd like to add something to that for all you guys out there that are looking to do something that perhaps your parents, um, or maybe even the parents are listening Um, don't want to do or want you to do is when you go to your parents or your children come to you and they say mum dad I want to do bodybuilding I want to do this I want to do that don't poo poo it at the first uh, that first time ask them questions and for you guys and girls that are going to go to your parents make sure you've got the answers so do the research talk the story don't just flippantly um, have a look at it go there with I'm going to boss this and I'm going to know I know everything about my industry I want you to support me and pretty much that's what he does uh, the driving force is his mum I must admit because I'm, I'm, I'm out here having the life of Riley and she always has been um, but you know he, he sounds me out uh, quite often um, and generally I get it right when he listens to me we'll talk yeah, about yeah. that later on when I <laughs> my question in time yeah but that, that's that's a really good point is is, is if, if you go if you come to your parents and there's going to be a lot of young guys up there who want to be youtubers and who want to be online coaches and who want to be influencers and if you if you go to your if you go to your parents and you say i want to be a youtuber i want to pick up a camera and film myself and then they say why and you've not got the answer and, th- and then they say how are you going to make money and you've not got the answer and you don't know the avenues the streams of revenue that you can drive in that's that's you that's you've not done your due diligence to them um, and and bear in mind, it's your parents. They're not trying to say, "Fuck off, you can't do that." They're trying to say, "No, no, we want you to make something of your life. Why are you doing this? Why, you know, what is this going to bring?" And they're just trying to make you think as to as to why. More often than not, of course, there's going to be the exception to the rule, but you know, you've got to make them understand things that 
that, that they possibly don't understand. And, and when we're talking generation, generation, generationally, and intergen, and intergenerationally, and the differences in technology and social media, you've got to explain it even more. You know, for for example, my parents they didn't have Google Maps. You know, they had, they got out a map and read it. Now you've got to explain that kind of thing. You know, and it's the same thing with social media. So, just based off that, when people ask you, what do I do? What do you say? And <laughs> <laughs> not bodybuilding because I don't want him then to think he's a meathead. Uh, I actually say he's an online coach, and sometimes he does physique modelling. And then I get out a photograph, one of those, I like him when he's in his, when he's got clothes on, basically, and say, oh, that's my little boy, and he's probably twice the size as he was now, yeah. of course, and they all go, oh, he's handsome, isn't he? And I go, no, he's a ginger. <laughs> easy, easy question. Um, cool, so we, we kind of touched that a little bit on that kind of stuff, let's, I think people want to hear some brutal questions. Oh, here we go. So, uh, for me or you? I haven't seen these questions, by the way. For you, for you. Oh, so, so what are your thoughts on me taking steroids? You can be honest, because mum was oh, honest. Really? Okay. I was dead against it. Absolutely dead against it. I was f- f- fuming. Absolutely fuming. However, there's no point in fuming to Josh, because if you fume, he's a typical kid, and he'll push, but he's not a kid. Typical man, he'll push back. And reference to what I said earlier, he's got the answer to everything. So I've never won an argument, ever. <laughs> Because I'm convinced he comes to me, starts arguments that he's researched, and then just bats me down. But in all honesty, uh, I'm still not keen on it. Um, I really, really don't like it. Uh, but saying that, he's 26 years old. He's his own person. Yeah. He seems to be managing it properly. Seems to be getting all the checks and tests. But irrelevant to that, I, um, I'm 100% against it. Yeah, for sure. You sure. cock. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think when you're putting yourself in harm's way... You, 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 like as a parent I imagine because it's how I would feel about a sibling or if you, you know, for example you I, I would be exactly the same it doesn't it doesn't compute and, and actually explaining bodybuilding explaining why someone would take steroids for bodybuilding purposes not necessarily uh, let me try and think of an example for example I'm just going to go ahead and say that probably 90% of people who are at a professional sport in the top 0.1 percentile are probably using a performance enhancing drug of some sort but a lot of those things have big monetary gains whereas bodybuilding isn't necessarily monetary gain and it's actually more in the social media influence thing which I could probably potentially have without it so I can completely understand that point of view and mum's point of view just uh, in contrast for those of you guys who didn't listen to the podcast of my mum she was very she was very, like she was at the, at the start she was like don't live with regret don't don't do something that you're gonna think would have should have could have because i think she's probably got some things like that in her life where she was like would have should have could have yeah. but when you don't know the reality of steroids and and and, and bearing in mind that i live in england with my mum who's seen the bad injections who's seen the problems that i've had first and forehand whereas my dad obviously wouldn't see those things because if i came to here with a a le- for those of you guys who knew I had a bad injection in my leg my leg blew twice the size it was completely infected from knee to hip and it was uh, yeah and it was really I did a YouTube video and if you supported me you'll see it yeah, well, I <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking I, I haven't got 10 minutes to waste to be honest <laughs> got better things to be doing like um, catching the rays and going to the bar yeah so, so I actually think mum's opinion of it changed from when she start, when she was like kind of yeah you know because in her head it's just like it's something that's not going to have too much harm because of the way I described it and, it, and then, of course, yeah, 
It's a good job I didn't see that. So I'd have been on the next flight home. <laughs> Backhand to the, to the, the police, saying he's taking drugs. Lock <laughs> him up. Uh, so yeah, I guess I guess we could actually move on to drugs. For those of you guys the not drugs I, don't work. <laughs> they just make I'm it a, worse. I'm an avid an avid consumer of cannabis for, for for many many years now. Coming on to a decade, that'll be pleased or not pleased to know. What? Um, no, not a decade. A bit less than that. Since I was 18, I'm 26 now, so eight years. Um, Good maths. I've I've I've, dev- I've dabbled in other things, MDMA. I've I've done a bit of ketamine. I've done a bit of coke, but I'm more into the MDMA party drugs. Lightweight. People want to know what's what's the big man been through. Or should we? You? No. What's the big man fucking shoved up his nose? That's what I want to know. Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, I want a little a little disclaimer. Uh, a little a little politician's answer here. I think what you're trying to ask me is. How do I feel about you taking drugs? I've just turned the whole question back and answered the question to my son. Yeah. And I'm going to answer it. Um, when he was in university, I sort of got the fact that he was the guru of the Hashmeister. When he got his... Um, I, remember remember this. This? I remember you this. I remember this. Yeah, uh, um, what do you call it? Dissertation. Dissertation was how to how and why you should legalise cannabis. So I sort of got the... No, but then. before that, do you remember the iCloud incident? When we were both signed up to the uh, same so iCloud. Here I am. Because uh, I mean, I was a new, but the old uh, um, IT. IT, okay, it was uh, Apple. Yeah, iCloud. Yeah. So we got iCloud and... Um, we had the same account. We had the same account. And uh, Josh rang me up and said, oh, do you mind if I go to... This is how he does it. He rings me, says, do you mind if I go to Amsterdam? And then he rings his mom saying, do you mind if I go to Amsterdam? Um, no, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell. Oh, I didn't tell sorry, either yeah, of you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So then I come to see him in university. I think, I think you were you were you were you were in Dubai at the time, and then you came over for yeah. a period of time. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation, saying that um, his mum had said that he wasn't allowed to go to Amsterdam. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. get in the car together, and for some reason, when we got together, the iTunes. I said my iTunes is not working, so he synced in. It came. So we're just walking into a restaurant, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, who's these photographs? They're not me. <laughs> and I'm swiping these photographs, and they're of young kids, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm a bit weird, but I'm not that weird, because they're all young boys. Yeah. And then there's this one of Josh with a big hoagie in his mouth, smiling, and I said to him, I said, uh, mate, it's really bad that your mum wouldn't let you go to Amsterdam, isn't it? He said, yeah, you know. And then I, I had him on the hook for 10 minutes, and I turned the phone around, and I said, uh, you got a double that went, look at these. <laughs> So what happened was uh, we had the same iCloud account and obviously iCloud updated when he got to England and, and turned his phone on because I think he came straight from the airport to pick me up actually and and all my pictures from Amsterdam were downloaded onto his phone. Then I grassed him up, told his mother. <laughs> and then he told my mum. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. We'll um, move on to something nice. What what What's our favourite? We, we, I did kind of, I, I read this question out to him earlier. I said, just to kind of see if we could pick pinpoint one thing but what is our favorite memory together we've had so many like epic epic like stories and we we're trying to think of what culminated into the best which is which is, it probably won't be the best because there's so many good ones we came up with barcelona yeah we? so barcelona the champions league we actually won one nil semi-final wasn't it, i think but yeah but the champions league we were we were on barcelona tv we were on barcelona radio and we saved. I think it was either. A, I think it was. A, I think it was a woman who was kite surfing or windsurfing, who had been smashed over some rocks, and we had like we were the only ones who had spotted her. 
managed to call the lifeguard, save the life. She came over and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. So that was like a triple whammy in like a two-day thing. And we won the game. And and I remember I started the Emo Heskey song up in the rafters of the new Camp. Did, yeah. And it's Emo Heskey. And then the whole crowd just goes, Emo Heskey. So that, that really stands out in my childhood as a really, really good memory. The one for me was when I taught you to spit on the gondola and you spat out of the gondola onto a German guy's head. <laughs> he was not happy. He was not happy. Uh, so I think that, that's a good memory. We, we, could, we could literally sit here for hours and talk about some of the memories I had. Some of the good and bad and, and, the, and the naughty ones. But we were... <laughs> the time in Iron Apper when uh, he was 14 and we decided to go out and he introduced me to, what was it called? Sambuca, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, I've never tried sambuca before, and he said, "We'll have sambuca." So we're having half pint of beer and a sambuca, and we were getting slowly more pissed. And this was when he was really skinny, tall, and ginger. And um, I said to him, "I said, I bet I can get that woman over there to kiss you." And he went, "Dad, she's like 20, uh, 22." I yeah. said, "Yeah, no worries." He looked sixteen, and I said, uh, "Excuse me," I said, "But uh, my." Uh, this gentleman here is the 14th in line to the Norwegian throne and he'd like to kiss uh, a European girl another European girl is that okay yep and then she introduced her friends and he went on and on and on his mum was going to kill me for this uh, she won't listen this far uh, good. she hear your voice and get sick of it yeah that's right <laughs> she, she did that after 8 years anyway oh uh, fuck now um, what, what do you think our main similarities are and then what do you think some of our differences are Similarities, humour. I think I think we're both pretty stubborn when we need to be. Stubborn, when we need yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. When we humor, need to be. Stubborn. Um, both very emotional. Yeah, for sure. Very emotional people. But you know what I find difficult? I find I find being emotional in front of someone hard. But when I've got a, when I've got a microphone in front of me, I find it easy. That's uh, something weird. Hiding. You're, you're hiding from something. That's why you got a beard as well. <laughs> yeah. Trying to hide the freckles. When do we talk about the beard? Because that's just not good, is it? Yeah. I'll grow it back. What do you think we're different in there? Uh, different. Um, I am more measured, calm, strategic. You dive into this. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impulsive. Yeah, impulsive. Um, our differences are... Um, no, actually, no, we're quite similar. We both like to give yeah, advice, yeah. but you don't like to listen to it. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. I'm so good at dishing advice, but yeah, I can't even nightmare. take my own advice it's sometimes. absolute nightmare. I just tried this morning. I tried to talk to him about something. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You know. And then 10 minutes later, he sort of asked me the question because he knows that he didn't. So, I don't know. Um, similarities. Lots of similarities. Both got a big nose. Yeah, absolutely got a big nose. Big tongue. Big cock. Yep. I used to have big bollocks before I started gear. But, but they've gone. <laughs> uh, is there anything you dislike about me or anything that you would change or would have changed? The only thing I dislike is if I start a conversation trying to talk about something that he knows or he thinks he knows okay. or ask a question, <laughs> just like yesterday, he just bulldozes me and won't won't listen to both sides of the argument. And even when I say, look, you know, let's just listen to my point. No, it's bulldoze, bulldoze, bulldoze. Just needs to calm the shit down yeah true I'm probably a bit like coming that. down off the gear man <laughs> probably no I'm a bit like, I am a bit like that to be fair I'm like that with, I'm like that with mum as well I sort of, she hates she hates that she feels like she gets bulldozed as well I'll hold back on the bulldozing yeah okay um, let's do this podcast again in two months shall we yeah, <laughs> it'd be the same yeah. um, so so as a, as as a seasoned male in age 
We won't give away the exact age. 56. 56. Okay, we will. Exactly 30 years older than me. Uh, do you think there's a piece of financial advice you would give your, someone my age or, or younger people? I guess I'm 26 now, so I guess a lot of people listening to this podcast would be 18 to 30. Is there anything you would give them in terms of financial advice? Because there's a big the reason why I say financial is because it's a big thing in my... In my in my blinkers at the moment is what do I do with the, what do I do with my money? How do I set myself up for, for success? Yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I think I think there is. You've always got to. And I I was a, I, the only reason I'm very lucky is because I came to Dubai and it's tax free and they pay me a lot of money. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have a recovery plan for the future. And I know it's I was pathetic. I was thinking t- future. I'm 20, 21, 22, yeah. and I never plan for the future. Okay, so. What I would say, and what I strive to say to Josh till he bulldozed me, but this morning he listened, is if you can get enough money together to buy one house, okay, put as much money you can to put a deposit down. If you've got enough so that the mortgage can get covered by somebody that's going to rent it, then do it. Okay, start a property portfolio. If you can't, then just buy it and live in it yourself. Property ladder is one of the best investments you'll ever, ever do. And then start looking at pension funds. When you look at pension funds, there are two types of um, funds, mutuals and something else. Do a bit of research on there. I think it's mutuals, I can't be uh, right, that every time they chop and change your stocks and shares, there uh, are interests and commissions taken. So do a bit of research. A great book to read is The Teacher Millionaire. Okay, uh, The Teacher Millionaire. It's an absolutely must read for people your age. Uh, became a millionaire on a teacher's salary. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah? And it was just little tips and tricks, yeah, little absolutely. things. Saving ten pound here, five pound yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's an amazing book. Yeah. If you if you can, that's one thing that I'm trying to bring on as a 26 year old. I guess I guess I'd love to have done it earlier, but 26 is still fine. I've got plenty of years ahead of me. Is these little habits and of routine that just, for example, something that I'm not doing right now that I need to be doing is maybe once a month, more frequently if I need to, is to sit down. And just go through my finances for an hour because it's all it is is an hour a month and just say what's coming in what's coming out what have i got spare what have i spent on this where do i need to pull down and making that a habit when you're so young you'll be way ahead of your peers probably ahead of your parents because i know that you for example my dad just said he didn't do that when he was younger you know and you'd be you'd be literally 30 years old which is which is super young and you're gonna have all this saved money and you're going to be living the life that you want because you put in these positive practices in your life to save and, and you know, save up for the future. So That book was called The Millionaire Teacher. Sorry. The Millionaire Teacher. Uh, Stevie B10 for discount. Would you do anything differently if you were my age? I guess away from financial advice. Life choices. Yes, I think I would. Um... Oh, actually, do you know, would I? No regrets. Not, re- not really. Yeah, I've got regrets along the way. Of course I have, you know, being a dickhead and an idiot and doing stupid things. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not going to go into details there. Um, no, I think I did my life the right way around. Lots of travelling first. Yeah. And then uh, the brat later. Yeah. Um, because you've got more time and you're more, uh, you're calmer. Yeah. You, you know. I, I think you're not a, shouting and screaming all the time. Yeah. You can look after them. Yeah. There's a big emphasis on like, You've got to do everything now, 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 and and it is good to to have that thought that you need to be doing things to set yourself up for the future, to have a good life and whatever. But life, like yes, you've got one life, but it is a long life if you do it right, and and you've got to make sure that you're enjoying every moment of it and not being backed into a corner and forced into doing doing stuff and and making those decisions, which could which could be wrong further down the line. Don't spend what you haven't got. Yeah, 
exactly. Um, final question from me. What are you most proud of me for? If anything. He's <laughs> only said that because I've got a really puzzled look and I'm sort of I'm an R in. Um, I'm proud of you for being um, the person that you've turned out to be. Um, but again, I think credit goes to his mum on that one. Uh, he's, he, he makes decisions. He stands by those decisions. He does research first. Uh, he's prepared to argue his ground. Um, and I'm just thankful that he's, he's, he's strategic and not, uh, and not a numpty. Yeah. But it wasn't all like that. I'm 26, and I'd honestly say that my life changed when I was 26. Yeah. Like, it's literally been the last 10, 12 months that things have started to kick around. And I remember feeling lost. I remember being at Union and having anxiety about what I'm going to do in the future, which is why I did that Masters and said, Dad, I really want to do this Masters in international business and gave some bullshit excuse because actually the real reason, which I wouldn't say at the time, couldn't say at the time, physically couldn't emotionally say at the time, mm-hmm. was because I didn't want to go into the real world because I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to do a normal job. I didn't want to do that. I didn't know which avenue I was going down. You haven't got a normal job. You haven't got a job. Yeah, true. Um, and, and I just, I urge everyone out there who is feeling lost, who is feeling that they don't necessarily know where they're going, you've still got time. I, I was reading a post on Instagram and it was talking about when people became millionaires, um, famous people, Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, all these people. And it was literally from 23, when Zuckerberg, of course, became a millionaire, billionaire, up to 58, 60, you know? So you've got, you don't need to know what you're doing right now, but just doing something is better than doing nothing because if you do something, it's data for the book, you can learn what you want to do. I think that is one big thing I actually remember Dad saying, is like, you just need to do something. You just need to go get any old job, and you're going to learn what you like to do. And if you don't like the job, you leave the job. It's no fucking big deal, because yeah. you're still going to get something from that job. So what I did is I went to a receptionist at a fitness thing, and I learned that actually I'm quite good with people. I love the fitness, but then I hate talking to, you know, certain people. yeah, cer- yeah <laughs> certain people. And... and, and, and I learned what I wanted to do and I learned what I didn't want to do and then you just take that data and move to the next job you know something that might fit you a little bit better um, so yeah thank you that's my questions then I have a question for you a couple of questions okay um, you lived in London for a while I did whereabouts was that and when did you like it Bethnal Green the hearts of Tower Hamlets uh, no I didn't okay, why, why is that uh, I rushed myself there for sure I had this business with some friends that I wanted to rush to get there because I felt like the need to get there I felt like I needed change what was the business the hell hemp business that was the hemp business yeah, yeah. and, uh, and I, how much did I give you towards the hemp business oh, thousands a couple of thousand yeah, yeah. a couple and, of thousand and, and it's gone we don't do it anymore okay, well done um, <laughs> so this place in Bethnal Green how long did you stay there I did I did eight months in total. It would have been a lot less if I didn't have a contract that kept me in there for six months to be able to give a two-month notice. Who in the right mind would do a six-month contract in Bethel Green? Yeah, exactly. Fucking that. Just um, mates do it. How did you get the deposit for the uh, house in Bethel Green? My mum. Oh, shit. Yeah. The watch. Yeah. Go on, expand, please. My dad gave me a watch for my 14th birthday, or 13th. What watch was it? It was a Rolex. Thank you. Explorer 1, I think. Yeah, Explorer 1. And you sold it? I sold it for like two and a half grand. Yeah, and uh, do you know why I'm upset about that? Because it was a limited edition, and it should have gone for trade, £6,000. 
Yeah. You know? And I got it given to me uh, many years ago when I worked in Dubai first time. I never bought it. That's a disclaimer. A disclaimer. So, okay, just wanted to get that out of my, off my chest. <laughs> That's just a big jab to the face. Yeah, good. <laughs> anyway, we got to go. We're going out tonight. Yeah. We, uh... Dinner. In fact, no, I'm not going to spoil it. You can wait for the YouTube video. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Spoil what? It's been the... The present. The present that... Um, the present? That, yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this. This present. was... This was my dad. And, uh, and this was my son. And this was my son. We will speak to you soon. Don't forget to leave a little rating. If you enjoyed it, tag me in your stories. Let me know what you thought. And we'll speak to you soon. Peace.